This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Hey, hey, and welcome to the True To You podcast. This is episode number 35. Yep, we're rolling along. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh, and today's episode is all centered around money. Now, this is part two of an original episode that aired at the end of last year called Let's Talk Money and You. And I followed that up with a series of interviews with two women based here in Newcastle. One was Amber Snowden, a bookkeeper, and the other was M. Page, who is a financial planner. I got a lot of really great feedback around those three episodes. And I know as women, money, it can be a really interesting subject, so we say. Some of us love to talk about it, some of us avoid it like nothing else. And to be honest, this episode is titled The Five Things I Resisted Talking About because I believe that they have been the most powerful changes that I've made in my life, but a topic that I felt so uncomfortable about for such a long time. And in doing these five things, I not only got clear on my why, I got clear on how my finances played into my career decisions, but I was also able to let go of a lot of baggage that I was carrying around money. For some of you ladies listening and and guys as well, can't forget about you, this episode will be a walk in the park and for others, this could be the wake up call that lights a fire underneath your finance game and supercharges your mindset by taking some of these actions today. While my financial hygiene, as I like to put it, yep, your finances should be just like brushing your teeth or flossing twice a day, I felt like my hygiene was enough to get me by. I was doing the basics in those early days and what I didn't realize though is that making such a radical change in your career really uncovers a crap load of gaps in terms of what you believed about money, but also opportunities to empower yourself. And those became so apparent because suddenly you're the one that is making the money on your terms. And once you have that opportunity, what are you going to do with that money? Uh, What does that mean? What are you worth? What do you value in your business? How do you navigate a career transition as smooth as possible and not have it be a huge financial burden on you? What are you willing to risk? All of those things came up for me. And because these five things didn't sit in my natural skill set, numbers just aren't my thing. I like to have good financial hygiene, 
but they don't come naturally to me. Don't throw me any sort of algebraic equation my way because I will probably throw it back in your face. (laughs) So as we go through this episode, I've decided to reference those episodes with M and with uh, Amber so that you can go back to those and get a little more context and detail and they give some really great insights and ideas for you to expand on. My intention for this episode is that you walk away with the knowledge a number one that you can do this and number two ready to take control of your finances in a way that supports where you want to go with your career. Number one, because we're all here to do meaningful work and meaningful work should also be an opportunity to generate the type of financial abundance that we need to live a meaningful life. It all goes hand in hand. Now that you've heard my little spiel, I'll get down off my soapbox Let's get on with episode number 35 of the True to You podcast. Let's talk about money and you, part two. Okay, number one, setting yourself up for a career transition. Now, when I talk about a career transition, for those of you listening, you might be in the position where you're considering starting a side hustle and you'd like to grow that side hustle so that it eventually becomes your full-time gig. Or maybe you're looking at a change in industry. So it's transferring your skill set, but there's a little bit of risk involved in doing that. Or you might be considering a complete career change altogether and doing a 180 on what you're, you've been doing for the last 10 years and starting something completely different. So wherever you're at, what this is about is setting yourself up, laying that foundation so that you know everything that's involved financially in making this change. I call this being practical Pam because... Well, if I have a chance to throw alliteration in anywhere, I will do it. So let's put our little practical Pam hat on for a second. And the reason why I'm making this step one as well is that this has been my biggest lesson so far. Yes, let's put that in all caps, biggest lesson so far. Why was this my biggest lesson Well, if we rewind the clock a little over seven years now that I started the process of transitioning out of my role as an architect full-time, I went part-time for a little period, but full-time out of my architecture career, I did a few rough numbers in that process as I transitioned into a completely different uh, job. And they were rough, shall we say. They weren't uh, a full forensic investigation on my finances. But what they did do was they gave me enough confidence to start taking the first few leaps to transition out of one career and into something completely different. As you might remember, this came up when we spoke to M. Page in episode number 24 as she talked about transitioning out of 
uh, her career full-time as a financial planner and starting her business as a financial planner after becoming a mom and what that looked like for her as she started to generate her own income on her terms be creating her own clients and her own lessons in that process. So she gives you some really great tips there. I recommend that you pause this episode and write episode number 24 down right now so that you can go back to that one and have a listen if this applies to you. If you're in this process of transitioning, if you're in this process of starting a side hustle and thinking about growing it to a full-time gig, then here are a few things that I want you to consider, especially if your idea is to generate an income from this side hustle. And right now this might be a supplementary income or you might be a stay-at-home mom and you're thinking, well, it'd be nice if I didn't have to go back to my old job and I could uh, generate enough income that this would eventually surpass my old salary. If that is you then I would say that right now you're in the position of this becoming a business. It's a side hustle, but it's not a hobby. Typically, our hobbies don't really generate us an income, or if they do, it's pocket change and it's not very consistent. So right now, if you're thinking of your side hustle as a hobby, Perhaps that's one way for you to distinguish it. And this exercise may not apply to you. However, it might also spark an idea of what this could become for you as well. So I think that's super exciting to keep in the back of your mind. Here's some things that you should keep in mind. Number one would be, is there an amount of money that you're willing to risk should your side hustle not generate the type of income that you expect and an amount of money that you're willing to invest in it and perhaps not see the immediate return or not see the return at all. So we're not in the in the game of gambling money and throwing it away, but it's good to know, hey, if I invest this amount of time and money in getting this off the ground, am I willing to risk that that might not work as well. It's being practical, Pam. The next thing I would say to you is to get clear on the costs of setting up your business. And this is especially important in the early days because you may have recurring overheads. There's a lot of overheads, even with running a website or a Shopify account or perhaps you're looking to sell your uh, creative products at a market stall. So what are the overheads going to be to be able to do that regularly? And these are sometimes one-off initial setup costs, but a lot of the time now, uh, service-based businesses such as an email service provider or your website hosting they will be debited monthly. So you can either choose to pay one lump sum annually for the uh, right to have your website live and have it hosted, or perhaps you choose to pay for those things monthly. And obviously it depends on the scale of your business, if you're selling things or whether you really want a basic blog. So you can do that at a very minimal cost. And 
once you know that amount, then ask yourself, can I afford to have part of my savings or part of my nine to five salary contribute in the short term to the overheads of my business? And sometimes that could also look like doing a course, getting some business coaching to get you off the ground quicker. All of these things, you're going to have to find some money somewhere if you're not immediately generating an income from this work. The next thing is, what is my time frame to make a leap from side hustle to full-time business? And this is a really great one for us because I know that right now there is a lot of hype in the media there has been for a long time but particularly in social media being an entrepreneur and living the entrepreneurial lifestyle is considered to be a pathway to freedom to endless money to working on your terms and all of these great things but we don't often know how long it's actually going to take in reality to go from side hustle to full-time biz to generating the sort of income that you need in order to surpass your salary or to build the type of wealth and income that you really want to have. So put a time frame on it. Am I okay for this to take me a year, six months, two years, maybe three years even, maybe you keep some part-time work for a longer period of time to be able to support yourself. And I would also apply this to switching industries or making a, a giant leap and changing careers altogether. Put a time frame on it, put a reasonable time frame on it. I would say In my experience, when I've worked with women who have wanted to transition their careers, you're looking at least six months to a year, sometimes to get yourself the experience that you need, which is often unpaid experience, and then to be able to land your first job in that new industry. It may take at least you six months to a year. So consider that. The next thing you want to think about is how much do I need to earn to go from side hustle to full-time biz? So maybe you're already earning a little bit of uh, money on the side from a side hustle. Maybe that's a few hundred dollars a month. What would it look like if this was to meet your current salary? Get really clear on those numbers. It's so empowering when you do. Or alternatively, If you're looking at your side hustle is simply that a side hustle and supplementary income. What supplementary income would you like to earn to support your goals, to support your family or support your long term career goals? Maybe you have goals of doing some additional study of going and living and working overseas and perhaps this income would support those goals. The beautiful thing but it's also a paradox and I'm about to share why. The beautiful thing about these questions is that your answers are entirely up to you. They're 100% up to you. And what I would say is whatever this uh, transition looks like for you, you do you, number one. And to be really honest in this process, without comparing your journey, as I said earlier, entrepreneurship is very 
hyped and very much uh, a glamorous way to live your life. But if you are constantly comparing yourself to the way other people do business, then you're going to be in this state of fear all the time. And it's not going to be easy to get clear on these numbers and to chip away at your goals because you'll always be moving the goalposts. And those goalposts won't be your goalposts. But if you can set your own goals and your own financial goals as well, your own timeframes, this will be the most freeing thing that you'll ever do in this process. As I said, you do you. Once you know what your numbers are and what you want to work towards, you can go as fast or as slow as you want. Hey podcast listener, before we dive a little deeper into this topic of money, I want to share with you a few short words from one of my beautiful clients, Antoinette. Thank you, Ruby, so much for your honest, calming and incredibly generous coaching. This has been a huge personal development learning curve for me in understanding all the whys of so many things that have held me back for so long and shifting my mindset to get past all those negative, irrational and what-if thoughts to knowing my worth, the value in my work and feeling confident in taking up space in the world to share my creativity and earning it and feeling amazing about getting this side hustle going. Thank you. Okay, number two. How does this career transition or my side hustle, starting my side hustle and growing it, how does that fit into my money story? Now, getting clear on your money story is a wild exercise. It's crazy to go back into the past and think about when you were a child and think about how you saved your pennies in a piggy bank and perhaps you took bags of coin to the bank and deposited it into your little savings account or whatever memories you have that come up around money and especially your years between three and five and up to your teenage years. Those are really definitive years when it comes to money. This becomes a really crazy exercise in self-awareness because you have to get clear on your beliefs and where they have come from, whether you're taking on other people's beliefs, whether you want to change your beliefs, what your values are. And what I found in my own journey is that starting to earn money on your terms, especially, or starting to make choices in your career that you feel like you are really owning that choice and that is coming straight from your heart. When you do that, it uncovers a whole lot of shit, shall we say. Sorry if you have little kids in the car while you're listening to this, but it will bring up all of the things, all sorts of subconscious beliefs that you never knew existed. This is why these five things are incredible if you can get your head around them and begin to master them. The reason why it's such a crazy time when you're beginning to earn your own money or when you're making these choices around your career that you are really owning that feel like 
super powerful choices to make. The reason why it feels crazy all of a sudden is that what sort of questions can you ask yourself to uncover your money story? Well, these are some of the ones that I ask myself and I get my clients to ask themselves as we are doing this work together. We uncover things like, what do your parents believe about money? What did they say about money as a child? In those formative years, what words, what language, how did they express themselves when it came to money? Or did they shy away? Did they hide? Was there shame? Was there guilt? What was it like for you? What did you experience? How did you interpret that? Did you feel like money came into the home freely or did you feel like your parents worked really, really hard and and that money was always a battle or that uh, they worked really hard but then they gave you lots in return? Did your parents like to save or spend money? Did they support you to earn your own money? Did they support you around financial decisions? Are there any memories around money that you feel a little worried or embarrassed about? I certainly have some stories of things that I was embarrassed about as children, not having the coolest car when my parents would drop me off to school and having them drop me further away from the school gate so my peers wouldn't see the car, things like that. They're little things that go into your subconscious, little memories that you might laugh at now, but they probably are unconsciously dictating your decisions now. And maybe there's also some memories that made you feel really good. So we don't want to always feel embarrassed or shame around money, but there's potentially some things that also felt really good when you saved up and you went and got your Barbie doll or a new Lego set when you were growing up, whatever it might have been. And then what we want to do once we've asked ourselves those questions is fast forward to the present and think about our financial priorities now. What are our financial goals this year or for the next few years? How do these financial goals play into this transition or this change or starting this side hustle how do they how do those decisions play into that what would true financial abundance look like for you how would that make you feel number one how would it feel to have a certain amount of money or a certain amount of freedom or the ability to choose Uh, products and services in line with your values and what do you value when it comes to money the next thing that we want to go into and this especially applies to well anyone making a change even if you're going for a new job right now do you know your value or your worth You might want to pause this episode again right here and take note of an episode that is very, very powerful for knowing and defining your worth. And that's episode 22 called, funnily enough, let's talk about money and you. Yep, that's part one of this two-part series that talks a lot about value and 
uh, where money actually comes from. And this will play into how you price your products and services, how you put a value on your experience if you're aiming for a certain salary. I suggest you go back and listen to that one if you haven't listened to it. So in knowing that and knowing what you're worth or what your value is, think about the expectations you have in terms of how much you want to earn either in a new job, in your new career or from your side hustle. And as mentioned in step one, the next thing to ask yourself is once you know your expectations around the type of money that you want to be earning, the flip side of that is asking yourself in order to make this change really powerful, in order to grow my side hustle into a full-time business, am I prepared to invest back into it? How do I feel about making investments to get it off the ground? And like I said, you might choose to do this at a really low cost or you might be so clear on the product and service that you want to create that you know there's a certain level of investment required and you're completely okay with that. As I mentioned when I started talking about this money story work, it is like opening a can of worms on your beliefs and your stories and you will not realize what has been running the show this whole time. And while that can, for some of us, be a really painful experience, it might drag up some old memories that you didn't really want to think about anymore. There's a good chance you're taking this path towards generating this additional income or making this change in your career because you want to have choice. You want to have an element of creative freedom. Maybe you don't want to see yourself in the same position that your parents were in growing up. Perhaps there's an opportunity for more adventure or more freedom in your life. So get clear on your money story such that you can make powerful decisions from that place. Number three, we love the word power today. Empower yourself. And just as knowing your uh, money story and your history gives you the perfect starting point for feeling more confident and deciding what sort of mindset you need to have in order to move forward, this is also the point at which you can start to level up. You can see where your gaps were, perhaps the type of uh experiences that you had growing up maybe didn't lead you towards enough financial information or financial experience now's your time you can start to learn on your terms and set yourself up for success and some of this stuff is really obvious you can empower yourself by becoming educated you can also surround yourself with something called expanders and this is a term that was coined by Lacey Phillips. I can pop a link in the show notes for you around the terminology expanders. Essentially, what you can do here when it relates to money is surround yourself either physically or vicariously. So these might be people that inspire you online, but you can absorb the information, follow them, 
understand how they've done what they've done in their life and borrow their beliefs for a while temporarily until you start to create these powerful beliefs of your own that are what Lacey Phillips would call manifesting the future that you desire. And you can also look to those people in terms of the actions that they've taken. And that's really important because sometimes we think that we can think our way to a new outcome, but action is always the quickest way to get you there. And when it comes to financial literacy and financial education, what I would say for this is just know your basics. We don't need to become the level of a financial planner overnight or an accountant. You can draw on those people for their expertise whenever you need it. However, having a good solid base level of financial literacy is really, really key. And being educated, again, this comes a lot back to freedom, but it empowers you and allows you the freedom of choice. Okay, number four, cultivate consistent habits. And this was a big game changer, this one for me, especially once I got clear on my money story and the beliefs I've been holding on to, and I got clear on the beliefs that I wanted to have in order to create the future I desired. It came down to bringing in small daily actions and creating new habits around money. And as a result, I could begin to feel my mind rewire to a more naturally abundant state. I was making decisions from a more abundant place. And that's really exciting. It opens up the doorway to more possibility. So in order to get results and in order for things to become habitual, my suggestion is to keep it really simple and do something small every single day and do it on a regular frequency. They say that habits need about 67 days. So that's about eight weeks or two and a half months for something to form as a habit. So you can imagine that if you're undertaking a really big uh action that's burdening you and takes a lot of time it's probably not not going to become a habit as easily this might be something like reading a financial book it might be grabbing the barefoot investor a book that all Australians know and love now it's a bit of a cult (laughs) starting there and start by going through his book and taking the actions that he suggests I've also got a couple of things up my sleeve that I used initially and they included paying bills as they come in or paying my tax on time or at a reasonable time frame, looking at my bank account daily, especially if I was in this particular mindset where I was avoiding knowing what the number was or I really wasn't conscious to how much money was coming in it and out of my account I also got clear on the words I was using, my vocabulary around money, because the words that you use are literally a verbal expression of your thoughts. So rather than saying things like, I can't afford it, perhaps you shift that to something like, I'm choosing not to buy that, or 
that's not aligned with my values or it's not a priority right now. So I'm happy to say no. The final thing you can do is something more physical and that is respecting the money that you have right now. Something you could do for that would be to create a habit of ordering your money in your wallet. Don't let it scrunch up. Don't let your coins float around in the bottom of your wallet. Love your wallet. Make it a sacred place for your money. Some have even suggested, this is something I heard very recently, carrying around a $100 note permanently in your wallet immediately signals a level of abundance to your mind. Okay, here we go. Number five is cover your basics. This one was inspired by episode number 23 with bookkeeping extraordinaire Amber Snowden. And we talked a lot in that episode about ensuring that you're taking a salary in your business and ultimately future-proofing yourself for success. And while you might feel right now like your side hustle is not super legit and it's not earning consistent income or you're planning to earn an income from your side hustle, it's still really key to get some of these basics either written down so that you know as they come up, you can tick them off the list or you can do a lot of these things now and perhaps even that action signals to your brain, I'm ready and I'm ready to get this thing going. I would also say that some of these things are actually really great Even if you're making a change in your career, perhaps you're looking to invest in some further education. So some of these things may be helpful as well for that. What I've found really, really important in terms of having your basics covered is simply knowing what's going in to your business and what's coming out of your business. And that could be done initially. I've done this for a very long time. I've had a Google spreadsheet or an Excel document where I track my month to month earnings and I track my overheads and I know how much my overheads are as a percentage and I know how much uh, profit I'm making in my business. And even though it might not be at the scale where I have employees or I'm paying contractors or whatever that might look like, it's still super empowering to regularly be clear on what those numbers are. Like I said right at the beginning, I call this your business hygiene. Just like brushing your teeth, these are the standards for your business that keep it healthy and keep it running smoothly. Especially, like me, if numbers aren't your strong suit or you really just can't face numbers, some of us find it boring and that's completely okay. I understand But if you have these things covered, then you don't need to worry and you can get on with doing what you're really good at. So number one would be learning to pay yourself a regular salary, uh, learning what profit is, learning your gross earnings versus your overheads, some basic terminology and That might be supported by an accountant or it might be supported by a bookkeeper. You'll probably be able to Google what a lot of these things mean if you're not entirely clear on them. 
If you want to make things really easy, consider some accounting software, especially if your income from your side hustle is starting to get consistent and you're doing a lot of invoicing, maybe you're starting to pay some wages or pay some contractors and things are starting to to level up and gain a level of complexity, then the spreadsheet might not cut it anymore and What I always think now in my business is that is this investment saving me some time or freeing me up some time so that I can be doing something that's more in my zone of genius and knowing that numbers are not my specialty, then investing in accounting software may be something that speeds everything up and saves me a lot of time and also makes some tasks much more pleasurable. The other thing you want to know is When you hit your GST threshold, when you're going to submit quarterly business activity statements or BAS as they are better known, when you need to have a meeting with a bookkeeper, is it time? What does that look like? Is that a regular meeting perhaps? Uh, One of the first things I did when I knew that I was going to be earning an income from my side hustle is getting an ABN and This might also then spur you to think about how am I going to set up this business? Is it a company? Am I sole trader? All of those things. I don't have answers for that. However, a bookkeeper or an accountant is going to be a great place to start with some of these. I would also recommend that you set up a business bank account And this will really help you when you're tracking income and give you an idea if your long-term goal is to meet your full-time salary with your side hustle income and be able to transition into your side hustle full-time. You're never going to know what that needs to be if you're not tracking your income. And starting off right, as I said allows you to focus on those financial goals, those bigger financial goals, especially if you're thinking, well, this side hustle could really support our family in other ways. But if you don't know what income's coming in, then how can you sit down with your partner and say, hey, this $5,000 a month is now coming into our family pool of money. Like, what do we want to do with that? What what could that mean for us? If you've got bigger financial goals, then getting clear on these basics is amazing for being able to walk into those situations really powerfully and have those conversations. And finally, having your financial hygiene in order (laughs) you're going to remember that one now aren't you when you do when you know where all the numbers sit and what's coming in and going out you know what little bit of icing you have on the top of the cake to be able to reward yourself at certain milestones and that doesn't just apply to your business or a side hustle it could apply to a new income bracket or a salary or a pay rise that you get once you're clear on all of that then those rewards become so much easier to gift yourself okay friends there you have it Those were the five things. I'll run through them very quickly. So number five was having your basics covered. Number four, 
cultivate consistent habits. Number three, empower yourself and educate yourself around your finances. Achieve a certain level of financial literacy. Number two, knowing how this change, this transition or your side hustle fits in with your beliefs or your money story. And number one, we can't forget practical Pam, can we? If all else fails and you're looking to make this change, you're looking to make this leap, go back to the basics.